You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. In essence, what we began to look at on Sunday, and because, um, you know, Christmas season, like we've said here and we can't emphasize enough, we, we do Christmas the way we do it, just so that we can make use of the opportunity. The truth is that Christmas is old news. Praise the Lord. Is that surprising you? Christmas is old news. You see, the time it was news, the people didn't respond to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I challenge you, go and read the epistles, even the gospel. It's only Matthew and Luke that recorded it. You know how Mark recorded Christmas? Uh, Mark 1 verse 1, please put it. Let, let, me, let me not misquote it. Just see what. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus, the Son of God. They didn't even bother going to Joseph and Mary. They didn't mention them. They had finished their role. You know, the Bible says, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. So all that Joseph and Mary story that we are going to be acting and doing a lot now, spending a lot of energy, we are just doing it to seize the opportunity to capture the attention of people. But if all we do is do Christmas and do Father Christmas, which is a lie also, and do growth and do Christmas tree, there is no Christmas tree. There are all those things. I, listen, the reason we're still doing it as a church, the Lord said to me, he said, become all things to all men so that you win some. If not, we won't do Christmas here. You know, there are some churches that don't do Christmas. But become all things because it's an opportunity for some of us, you know, those days. Christmas and Easter was the only time we went to church. So for the sake of somebody who will be coming to church for only Christmas, you were going to do But the truth is, it's old news. When it was news, the people didn't respond to it. The same way as what is news now, people are not responding. You know what is news now? The second coming. That's the news now. Christmas is, is, I mean, look at it. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's all. That's beginning. So Matthew and Luke gave us the account. Mark and John say we're in the spirit. John, put John, let's see what, that's their Christmas story. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. That is John's Christmas story. So we spend all the time doing all that. Why? That, that's why I'm saying that is this. We are looking at the, we want to get the maximum benefit from the story. And I thank God that he's helping us already. So we, we see these things that are happening. And we just want to remind ourselves. Christianity is a relationship that originates from a miraculous intervention of God into the affairs of men. Everyone who is a Christian is saying, I believe in miracles. If you don't get anything tonight again, retreat that and know that in my personal life, in my health, in my finances, in my work with God, I believe in miracles. Lack of understanding of this causes a lot of people to struggle for the entirety of their Christianity. Because you see, you come to God, especially for people who are very sincere, you know, people who talk to themselves. How many of us here talk to ourselves? So, someone like me now. You know, you can listen to all that is necessary to be done and say, I can't do it and just go. And that's what is keeping a lot of people, you know, from committing to God. But if they knew that is a miracle, it's a miracle. Anybody who has made progress as a Christian will tell you that his progress is as miraculous as the beginning. How does my language change? How does my conduct change? How does my desire change? It's a miracle. God is changing us as you're beholding in the mirror. 
The glory of the Lord. What is happening? You're being transformed into You don't know how. Every service you come in, something is rubbing up. Every time you open the Bible and read. Every time you go to the Lord in prayer. Every time you share with a Christian brother talking about the word of God. Talking about the love of God. Talking about the goodness of God. Something is changing in you. Now the situation rises. You find out you reacted differently. Why? Because a miracle has happened. Praise the Lord. The birth was miraculous. The growth ought to be miraculous. That's what it is. The survival is miraculous. At any point in time we lose sight, we begin to sing. Jesus said to Peter, why did you doubt? That's what happens. We all start with a miracle. Listen, how can you come to a place and the, a preacher tells you your sins are forgiven and you believe it. And then later on he says your sickness is healed, you doubt it. Who, which, who did you go to confirm your sickness being forgiven? Sorry, your sins being forgiven. So why do you need something else to confirm sickness being healed? The one that, which one is more serious? Sins of some of us, 50 years, 70 years. Some, you know, iniquitous iniquities. You just, you just go from being a total sinner and you become the righteousness of God. Your, uh, uh, sorry, righteousness of Christ. Uh, yes, and, and a saint... Do you understand? You now join the holy people. Just like that. Eh? Which certificate did they give you? Which lab did they perform the operation? You believe in miracles if you believe that. So how come when they tell you this is the next thing? You say, no, that one, I can't believe that one. Every Christian is mentally, you know, um, rearranged, not deranged. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you the truth. You, you come in, uh, we, I, I you know, got born again after about that 24 years. And I know that my sin, that day I knew that I'm a new person. I knew that if anything happened, then I was going to heaven. How, how do you, when did you buy the ticket to heaven? When did you cancel the one to hell that you had booked before? Are you considering these things? Then you believe that the Holy Spirit performed a miracle in you for you to become a Christian. Now, is it God perfecting what he has begun? Whereas the Bible says, he that begun the good work in you, he will be what? He will be faithful to perform it until the very end. Somebody kick doubt away. Kick fear away. Kick unbelief away. Praise the Lord. So we start by a miracle. We are sustained by miracles. And we continue. The only demand on our part is continue yielding. He says it, he says, yes, sir. He says, yes, Lord. The one that is, you'll find difficult, sit with it and say, Father, help me to believe this thing. Lord, help me to believe this thing. Lord, this is your word. Help me to believe it. Praise the Lord. You know, okay, let, let me, I, I, I thought we'll do this on Sunday, but we'll, we'll do it today as God helps us. Um, how many science inclined people are here? I know Pastor Nath is here. Patience, are you farming? Which, what, what did you read? Political, there's science in it. We can. <laughs> okay, okay. The the plane, okay. The plane that we fly, that we enter to fly, has. I mean, for something to fly, okay. Let's say, for something to fly, you know what the obstacles are to it. What are the obstacles? Gravity. The weight. Wind and all of that. But the plane flies. You know why the plane flies? The plane flies because the manufacturer or the designer of a plane takes a plane and everything that should work against that plane flying, eh? they now put technology in the plane that takes advantage of the things that are against it. So if the, things, if the wind does not blow, the plane cannot fly. Whereas the wind should be an enemy. The same way your car driving, if not for the forces of gravity and friction, we should keep your car from moving. But the designers of the car apply those laws and now overcome it so that the car can drive. Overcome it so that the plane can fly. Now, why, why, why do they succeed in that? 
Because they study what is against. And they put inside their device what overcomes. Now, in the same way as a Christian, as a human being, God is aware of everything that is against you. He has put inside of you now devices, which is faith. It says, by faith we overcome. When he puts the spirit of faith in you, that spirit now overcomes the things that are what? To come against you. However, if you continue to fill your minds with the obstacles before you, what happens is this. You respect those obstacles more than you respect your designer. That's why God will say to them, why do you cry to me? Do what? Go forward. And then when they went forward, they realized that what? Their designer had put away in the sea. Is someone with me? God who made you is mindful of any problem that you'll ever face. What's the solution? He puts something inside of you. So that when you face that problem, if you listen to him, it works for you. So the wind... Now, when the airplane design makes the, designs the plane, he causes that at a time, the plane will actually ride on the wind. When he wants to land also, the same gravity that he had resisted before, it adjusts and the gravity begins to work for it. So, it's a matter of, at every point in time, are you being sensitive to your manufacturer? Are you being sensitive to your circumstances? Your maker knows every obstacle. Is someone with me? So we sit down and tell him how impossible it is. He knew. He knows already. Our sister mentioned Joseph's experience. Now, God knew all the obstacles Joseph would face. And God knew where he wanted to get Joseph to. As long as Joseph was obeying God, the obstacles were working for Joseph. That's what you find in the whole of the Bible. Go and read your Bible. Everywhere you find. You see that God knows every obstacle his children are going to face. He puts his word inside of them. As long as they keep following the word. They keep doing what? Overcoming. They keep flying. They keep going ahead. That's what Christianity is about. People who believe God. And they win in every situation. You will be winners in Jesus' name. I say we'll be winners in Jesus' name. Why? Because we will continue to submit to the one who made us. Who is for us in every situation. I think that's, I, I saw where it. The key thing is God is for me. Hallelujah. Sir, God is for you. Sister, God is for you. In which case, compromise never comes. You know, compromise makes us think. That the problem will be, you know, alleviated. The issue will be alleviated. But your maker did not factor in compromise. He factored in total obedience. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's see the three Hebrew boys. What happened with them? They knew what Nebuchadnezzar was going to construct. They knew about the, you know, the image. They knew about the fire. He knew all of that. Okay? And if those boys compromised at that time, nobody would blame them. But they knew that God was for them. And God said what? Thou shalt not, you know, bow down to any other image. So they said to the king, king, we are not careful. We won't even consider, you know, your order. Our king who gave us this command, he should be able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're not even bothering about it. And what did the Nebuchadnezzar do? He heated the furnace seven times. The men who heated it died which means to prove to us that the fire kills. You know, the Bible is so detailed. If those men didn't die, we might think is there. You know, there's this fire we used to make when we were children. A spirit, we'll pour spirit on something and light it. Then it will burn. It won't burn our hands. How many did that? So it's not mercury fire. Sorry, it's not spirit. It's not a mental, uh, mentalated spirit fire. It's real fire. So it killed the men who increased it. Then when the children of God... Who were thrown into it, got in. You saw that the fire didn't burn them. You know why? Their maker, who is the maker of all things, have put it in that these children who trust in him, this fire won't burn them. Praise the Lord. So they got into the fire. What did they realize? Instead of meeting fire, they met the Son of God. And four of them were walking in the fire. 
They were not complaining. They weren't shouting, Nebuchadnezzar, bring us out. Who brought them out? It was the same Nebuchadnezzar that said, Chai, what is going on here? I put three men. Now, you don't even put three men in the fire and see them walking. If you put three men in the fire, what should you see? You should see them consumed. But I just want you to appreciate in this season the awesomeness of God. Praise the Lord. Our God is big. We receive grace to trust him. Grace to trust him. Grace to trust him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Grace to trust him. Hallelujah. Okay, let's come to Luke 1 and uh, see what we can gather this evening before we go. Luke 1, we stopped at verse 8, I believe. It says, um, I read from 5 against, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of priesthood, his Lord fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Okay, on Sunday we stopped at verse 8. And that was where we saw that for several good reasons, Zacharias could have been excused from serving. He could have been excused from being there. He was aged. Age was enough reason. Discouragement was enough reason. I mean, I've served this God. What do I have to show? When a season is the end of the year, some of us young girls and young men, some parents, uncles, and aunties will call us. This is your born again. What do you have to show? People are going to speak to you and tell you all kinds of things. What do you have to show? And what that does is that it brings discouragement, brings a weight. You just begin to think and now set your life. And like someone reminded us, I think it was Monchita, saying, if you are alive and healthy, now if you, if you want to do a bit of search, you know, most of us, we have a sister here who is in the medical field. The basic things that you have as a healthy person, if you were to pay for them for one day, some of us will go broke. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, some of us think, you know, our own, uh, is it mobile? Is it, I don't finish. You have not finished. The oxygen you've taken for the last 24 hours, if you were to buy it, I understand. If there were to, the food you've eaten in the last one day, if they were to administer that food through a tube and tell you how much you pay. Do you understand? The blood that is flowing in your vein, if you were to go and buy that blood, and God help you if your own blood group is not common. I'm just trying to help you <laughs> to see why you must not be discouraged. Are you hearing me? Most importantly, the hope that you have. Life is about hope. We've heard about billionaires and millionaires committing suicide. Now, why did they commit suicide? They don't see a tomorrow better than today. 
But you and I know, the Bible says Christ in us is what? The hope of glory. Everyone here who is born again has Christ in him. And the word of Christ to us is, I'm coming soon. Praise the Lord. I'm coming soon. And that coming could be tonight. Praise the Lord. If you were, if I, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm traveling, you know, especially for holiday, I can't wait for that moment to come, isn't it? You're just looking forward to it. You don't really mind the things that are, you can go through any stress. The same way Jesus is coming for us. No matter what we're going through, it pales into insignificance. Because it's coming soon. Whether it's today, whether it's next year, whether it's four years time, whether it's five hours time. We know our Savior is what? is coming soon. So that we make no provision for discouragement. Praise the Lord. So Zacharias, we agree with him and we you know, stand by him that we will not faint in the name of Jesus Christ. We won't faint. There are too many things to be grateful to God for. Too many things. The word of God. The fellowship of the brethren. Praise the Lord. That we look around you, come in here. You know, I forgot to mention that on, on Sunday. You know, the part of what makes Christianity a miracle is that it's amazing how we can come from different backgrounds. And then when we gather, we become family. Do you understand? You know, what helped me, there's this movie, some of us may have seen the movie, is Isaac Newton's movie. Is it Isaac Newton? Not the technology one, the slave trader. John Newton. The movie, you know, he was a slave trader and then got born again. The person that wrote um, this hymn, um, Amazing Grace That Saved a Wretch Like Me. So they did a movie on his life. And the amazing thing I saw in that movie was that at a stage, he began to help, you know, the black slaves escape from the U.S. parts of the U.S. to Canada, which had abolished slave trade. And the slaves would come into a church of white believers. And the way they would receive them and hug them and love on them. When I saw that, you know, Tears don't come out, but tears almost came out from my. I said, This is Christianity. These people were properties. The slave was a property of the owner. But because these white people, more for the white people, have believed in Christ, these ones that are to them just cartel, just goods, they can love them and embrace them and stay in the same place with them, give them their coats, disguise them, and smuggle them out of the country. Brothers and sisters, it's only the life of God that can do that. And that's why for me also is a lesson. If you find yourself discriminating as a Christian, you need to go and top up on the life of God. You know why that is important? Let me explain that for somebody, someone here. You see, why we have classes, okay? Why we try to maintain, um, what was the other word? Classes and uh, caste and, um, Sorry? strata and all of that you're not my mate you know, i'm a big boy i'm a small boy you're a big girl it's because we've not seen the level where jesus is do you understand if you enter primary school you can either be in primary one or primary six a bit if you go to the university you can make first class or pass or let my people go now when we come into this fellowship we're in fellowship with the son of god his mates are not here so the highest amongst us eh, hasn't even come near him. But he has come down to be amongst us. So if Jesus will call you brother, are you with me? Who am I not to call him brother? Because Jesus calls you brother. He's the son of God. He calls you brother. Then I look at a fellow brother because he maybe is a truck pusher. I can't identify with him. That means I have not seen Jesus. Because when I see Jesus, I know the gap he gave me. If they multiply my level one million times, I have not gotten near him. So the difference between me and my brethren becomes infinitely small. By you know, It is too small to be considered. That's why the, uh, I think it was James I was writing. He says when we come to a church and we see a rich brethren and say sit here. And say to a power, he said, we don't even know the fate of Christ. Because it means that we're a social club. We have not seen the one we are gathering onto. Listen to me. If, 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 um, if you go to your village now, 
and there's a program, and only the local government chairman attends. You know he'll be in the high table. Okay. That same program, if the governor attends, all the local government chairmen will be in front row. The same program, if the president attends, all the governors will be in front Local government chairman might be ushering. If a visiting president comes, your president will be somewhere here. The governors might be the ushers. Depending on who is in that meeting, levels will change. Jesus is in our gathering. Is someone getting in? Because Jesus is in our gathering, all of us can lie on the floor. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Yes, there is no class in church. Any church that is in class have not seen him. His level is too big. Hallelujah. Okay, so how did we get there? <laughs> okay, well, yes, we're talking about the beauty of the faith. Of the faith, you know, it's, it's just so lovely. The beauty of the faith. It's, these things, Christianity does it. We talked about forgiveness on Sunday. Okay. We talked about the foolish. Okay, we didn't talk about the foolishness of preaching. That's another wonder of Christianity. Now, do you know, do you know the effort it would take to curtail a thief? You know, maybe in an environment and just make sure he doesn't succeed in stealing. Do you know the CCTV, the security you need to put? But if you get the same thief... And preach the gospel to him. And he trusts in Christ. What happened? The same very thief will now turn around. And be the one that is saying, brother, you forgot your phone. You know why? Because through the foolishness of preaching, God is able to accomplish things that the most you know, intensive security apparatus cannot achieve. That's the power of the gospel. It takes crude men. It takes cruel men. And softens their heart. It takes wife beaters and makes them wife honorers. Do you understand? It's not the law. It is the love of Christ shed abroad upon their hearts. Converting men. Do you understand? Christianity is powerful, I'm telling you. Jesus is awesome. He comes in and changes us. He transforms us, makes us new persons completely. Hallelujah. So that's what we celebrate. Okay? So we, we go to the story. Uh, our time is still going, so let's run quickly. Verse 9. We'll pick a few things there. Verse 9 says, According to the custom of the priesthood, his Lord fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. How many of us know, Proverbs 16.33, please, can you put it on the screen? How many of us know that as believers, there's no accidental? Do you know? There's nothing really that is accidental. The Bible says that, it said the lost, the Lord, is cast into the lab, but its every decision is what? Oh, the Lord. It means, you see, well, what this does is that it should help my faith. That no matter the circumstance, you know you work in an office and the boss will just come and be on your case. Eh? If you're not careful, you will think the boss, that particular man, is the root of your problem. But if you understand this, even those who hate you and those who want to do you good, all of them are under the hand of the Lord. Can you put uh, Amplified for us in that this thing or anything? So we understand. This scripture is saying that even the die is dice a bit that we throw. You know that dice we used to play game. Whether it brings out six, or whether it brings out five, or whether it brings out one. It says what? It's the Lord that it, that's how big your God is. Amplify. Okay. The Lord is cast into the lab, but it's every decision is from the Lord. I, I think there is some translation that, that makes it a bit simpler. Um, okay, let's see. Thank you. He said, the Lord is cast into the lab, but the decision is holy of the Lord. Even the events that seem accidental are really what? Or that, so it helps you know that God knows. That's what I'm trying to establish. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. Okay? So he fell, the Lord fell for him because the time had come. And we said the priests of this season, they had once in a lifetime to go into the Holy of Holies. One opportunity in a lifetime. In that season, when what God wanted to do with Zechariah had come to pass, God said, Lord, now choose Zechariah. Which means if he was a weight, he would keep tumbling, tumbling until he got to his front. Praise the Lord, somebody. Your time will come. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Okay, so the Bible says, verse 10, it says, The whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Verse 10 talks about the prayer of the multitude, the praying of the multitude. And verse 13 says, your prayer is said. I want us to look at two prayings here. 10 says they were outside praying. Tonight, I want to pray that we will stop praying outside in the name of Jesus. We sang, uh, as I come into your presence, past the gates of praise. I want us to be able to press in every time we pray. You see, prayer is one of the things that is going to be a source of disappointment for a lot of people at the end. Because it, it sounds, it's, it's supposed to be something that is very spiritual. Okay? And whenever people mention prayer, so there are prayer houses. There are prayer contractors. There are prayer professors. There are people, you know, that they say man of prayer and all of that. That is all good. Okay? That is all good. If it follows on, look at verse 13 now. 13 says, when the angel appeared, he said to Zechariah, he said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. For what? Your prayer is heard. At this point, I want us to say something. At this point, was Zechariah praying for the fruit of the womb? He wasn't praying for the fruit of the womb. So why would the angel say to him, your prayer, that particular prayer is heard? You know why? There's a prayer of emotion and motions. Then there's a prayer of a lifestyle, of a standing before God. The other one evaporates. The other one is a memorial. When the angel said to Zechariah, your prayer is heard. Zechariah has stopped from what was the conversation. Had actually even at that time almost stopped praying for the fruit of the womb. But you see, his life had become a prayer. That's where I want you to get to. Are you with me? Where your life, where your every statement is a prayer, is a location you can get to. He said the multitude were praying outside. The angel didn't announce anything to them. He didn't go to the people outside and say, your prayers. Their volume must have been louder. Their vibration was more. Everything they were doing. Zechariah probably was, you know, trying to do some little things inside there. And the angel said, your prayer is heard. I pray that you will pray prayer that is heard in Jesus' name. Isaiah 1, verse 11. Isaiah 1, verse 11. Let's look at it there. We, 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 we exit, you know, religiosity and churchianity. He says, some people say, ah, that church, did they pray well there? Did they pray well there? That place, that man, they pray, they pray, they pray. Okay. Isaac is actually from verse 1, but we, stay, we, stay, we start from 11. It says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifice to me, says the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed face, my soul hates. They are troubled to me. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Can you give us the same in message, please? Message will break it down for us now. Message from verse 11. I'd like us to read together from the screen. Are we ready? Let's go. Why this frenzy of sacrifices? God's asking. Don't you think I've had my fill of bond sacrifices? Rams and plum grain fed calves. Don't you think... I've had my fill of blood from bulls, lambs, and goats. When you come before me, whoever gave you the idea of acting like this, running here and there, doing this and that, all this share commotion in the place provided for worship. 13. 
Quit your worship chariot. I can't stand your trivial religious games, monthly conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more. Continue. Meeting for this, meeting for that. I hate them. You've worn me out. I'm sick of your religion. Religion, religion. While you go right on what? That's the only problem. For 15. <laughs> when you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way. No matter how, is that what you hear people emphasize? How or what? Is that what you hear people emphasize? You say this man is a man of prayer. They are talking of length and volume. Or often you pray. Say, I will not be listening. Do you know why? Say, because you've been tearing people to pieces. And your hands are bloody. 16. Go home and wash up. Clean up your act. Sweep your lives clean of your evil doings. So I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to wrong. Learn to do good. Walk for justice. Help the down and stand up for the home. Go to the bad for the defenseless. My brothers. Okay, we can read this. Come sit down. Let's argue this out. This is God's message. Okay, I didn't want us to read this. But in essence, this is the truth. Your life is a prayer. The other prayer is important too. Do you understand? But don't let your life contradict what you do for one hour. Don't be praying to God. Don't be, you know... Praying, praying, and then living contrary to the ways of that God. That's an outside praying. Another man that prayed the inside praying is a centurion. The angel appeared to him and said, your prayers and almsgiving have come up as a memorial. Long after you have let the prayer close, God is watching your life, finding delight. Praise the Lord. We, we know God made us in his image, right? Do we, have, do we know people that you just, you're, you as, a, you're, as a human being, you just endure them because they say things and do things the other way. How do they make you feel? Do you get it now? That's what God is saying. You just manage them. But they are the ones that they delight. So the angel appeared to Zechariah and said, your prayer is heard. If you look at that conversation, the Zechariah said, we are too old. He meant he wasn't praying, but he, his life was still calling on God. His lifestyle, his conduct, praise the Lord, his attitude, everything, and that's Christianity. It, the, the prayer of the long prayer or the loud prayer should help your lifestyle. The one that doesn't help, stop it and readjust. That's what we're learning. They were praying outside, no response. The one inside who was doing something else, they came and said, his head. May God hear our prayers in Jesus' name. I say, may God hear our prayers in the name of Jesus. Okay? So, so he went on and said to him, he said, verse 14 says, And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth of this your son. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. From this 14, 15, 16, and 17, what I want us to pick there quickly is that in God's agenda, in God's world, in this our Christian world, there are some things that cannot be separated. You see, purpose, purpose, greatness, and joy, you can't separate them. The first thing you see here is that 14 says concerning this, the, the birth of John. He said you will have joy and gladness, and many will do what? Rejoice at his birth. And when I saw this, what you know, came to my mind is like someone has said, you know, I don't know whether someone said I thought about, you know. But it, do you know that when uh, 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 Shekau, they've killed him, Abi? Abu, Abu Shekau. But do you know when they gave birth to Shekau, we rejoiced. People rejoiced. The innocent mother rejoiced. You're laughing now. You get what I'm saying? You see, it's not every baby we should rejoice. 
There are some babies that from their bed, we should start wailing. Do you understand? He said many will... <laughs> oh Lord. You understand? Yes, now. These people that are going about killing and doing all kinds of things. There shouldn't be. And that's why the Bible is so... Comp- when they say they will have joy, it's not just that a baby is born. It's because of what the baby will do. Purpose is attached to joy. Do you understand? We're not just rejoicing or, or people are getting married. We're just jumping. They got married. No. What is the marriage to achieve? Are you marrying that woman to subdue her? You see a young lady, beautiful and all of that in her, her father's house. A man marries her and you see the lady, she's looking like somebody that they evaporated. That they did photocopy, kept the original and the photocopy is walking about. Haven't you seen people like that? They're just a ghost of themselves. And then we celebrated at the wedding. No, such weddings. We should be wailing. Hey, 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 this is that's finished. Someone makes money and say he's blessed. No, it's the, it's the purpose. I'm just trying to show you something. The Bible showed us that. L- look at what it says. He said, you have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his bed. Why? He said, for he will. I seen it there. So the rejoicing is for a reason. He'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll drink neither wine nor strong drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. 16 says, he will turn many of the children of Israel. This is why we rejoice. We rejoice for purpose, not for events. Are you with me? Yes. Say, Baba, say, Baba, see where he has put us. I followed amongst those who were rejoicing. Is it say Baba or say Baba? Which one? Say Baba. Say Baba. Eh? We're rejoicing, waving our hands. Eh? May God forgive us every useless rejoicing. If we had started mourning from when he got him, maybe by now they would have removed him. You understand? God gives us, he said, for he, this is why they are, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord they are. God, he will do something. He will bring result. He will serve. He will go before him in the power, spirit and power of the light. This is what he's going to do. So purpose, greatness, and joy. Wisdom, child of God, is that you cease to look for joy out of purpose. Lord, help me. Everywhere I am, everywhere I find myself, if you're working for somebody, don't, it's end of the year. Are they going to pay me a double month salary? Have you given that organization double year impute? It's fraudulent to always look to get. When the church, you know, is a time welfare and all of that, we're going to teach love your neighbor and share all of that. But as a Christian, don't look for value. Without supplying, you are too blessed to be valueless. Do you understand? We'll rejoice at John's birth, not because a baby has been born. Mind you, this baby, they had waited for this baby for God knows how long, maybe 60 years, maybe 70 years after they are married. So that was enough to rejoice. But the Bible didn't say we should rejoice because of that. I'm showing you the word of God. The Bible said we'll rejoice because he'll be full of the Holy Ghost. He will turn many to righteousness. He will turn many to God. He will be a witness to God. So, sir, why do you want to rejoice? My car is bigger than yours. No. Let my car being bigger than yours be like our brother that said, I want to bring many to church. I want to witness to people. Then it gives purpose in the rejoicing. Praise the Lord. I think we can stop. Okay, let's do verse 18 and then we'll close. Verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this for I'm an old man? And my wife is well advanced in years. I, I, I want to ask us, if you were here, how would you answer this question for Zacharias? Anybody, just give me a suggestion. If you were the one, you know, yeah, if you were the angel, how would you answer What's your own view? Eh? It has happened before. Yes, thank you very much. Abraham and Sarah is a reference. Thank you, Mommy Chi. So there is precedence. Okay? 
What's another one? Nobody is thinking of a wonder. He's an angel now. Eh? Do like this, do like this, and just do some wonders. Isn't that a possibility? No, no, I don't just agree with me. Don't just, don't just say yes because I'm holding the mic. A, an angel appears to give you a message. Say, how can I, how should I, how will this thing happen? You show just the same way people do. They make it, and they demonstrate that they can do something. Do you understand? And then that settles the matter. But do you know what happened here? The angel didn't do any of that. The angel didn't even preach the gospel to him. The angel didn't say about Abraham. You know what the angel did? The angel said, I am sent. I am a messenger. Eh? Who stands in the presence of God? And I was sent. Look at the things that are happening. He's telling you that your God is not frivolous. Eh? Do you understand? He said, God sent me from his presence to you here. And I will come and bring you comedy. Eh? I will come and bring you the tales by the moonlight. He said, I, I am Gabriel. Who stands there? And I was sent to speak to you. They sent me with this message. Now, let me tell you something. Do you know that every time you open the word of God to read, that word is sent to you? Do you know every time you gather as God's people and somebody's preaching the word of God, do you know that word is sent to you? Do you know what it takes? Do you know heaven? Do you, last Wednesday, there, there were some elderly people that came. Did ushers notice them? I noticed they didn't stand up for new girls, about three or four of them. Josh, where is Josh? Okay. Do, do you know the tech? Do you know heaven's agenda? Child of God, you don't hear any word by chance. Are you with me? There is no word. There is no encounter with God that is accidental. God knows you're here. The angel said, I was sent from the presence of God to bring you this message. Can we be joking? Can we be joking? Brethren, the reason the angel didn't refer to any other thing is that the greatest proof that something is truth is the word of God. And that's why I said to him, the second part, he says, verse 20 now, please. Verse 20 says, Behold, you'll be mute and not be able to speak until this thing says, because you did not believe the words. The words, the word of God is the greatest source of proof for anything that God is saying to you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 please the Bible says God who at various times Hebrews 1 and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has what in this last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through him also what he made the word he's saying that the word that's speaking to you with is the same word that made the ground you're standing if the word will fail the ground should first disappear do you understand? If the world will fail, then the sky should first collapse. If none of those things have shifted, that's why he says, my sure message with the, he said, what will God do again? If I give you my word, it's one thing that you're imagining it. Even the imagination, he says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that he can ask. But he sends his word to you. Sir, take up your bed and walk. Let's rise on our feet. He will do it. He will do it. <laughs> like her brother said, he has concluded it. He has concluded it. How can this be? Child of God, the word said it. Somebody is in church, somebody is watching online, and, and they are, they, your, the question is, how can? Tell him the word. This infirmity, the test result says this, the test result says that, this and that, this and that is hereditary, is from your lineage, is from that, is going there, is in the air, is on the ground, is in the water. What does the word say? Child of God, take up the word. Take up the word. Take up the word. And begin to say to the Lord, 
I honor your word. I believe your word. I receive your word. I trust in your word. You are God. You will not speak what you have not done. You will not speak what you cannot accomplish. Has he said it? Will he not do it? The angel said, how, how do I explain how to you? I am Gabriel. Gabriel is a messenger. The Bible says he sent his word. And his word, his word will not, cannot, shall not return to him void. And his word went and it healed and it prospered. Father, we thank you. I need somebody to confidently, not even with emotions, settle it tonight. I will believe in you. I will trust in your word. When you go home, search the things that we have shared. Investigate them. Interrogate them. And if they are true like the Berean Christians, then settle it that God has said it. God has said it. God has said it. God has said it. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you. Your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. I believe in your word. I trust in your word. You are the wonder working God. You will not say anything that you have not done. There is nothing too difficult for you. No wonder Lord Jesus Christ said to the man, the father of the child, the epileptic child, if you can believe, all things are possible. Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you. Lord, you don't need to make us mute. You don't need to keep us from speaking. But tonight we are saying, forgive our unbelief. Forgive our unbelief. For you are greater. You are stronger. You are mightier. You are wiser. You are to be believed. God will celebrate you. Our God will magnify you. Blessed be your name. In Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Amen. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, off Bannex Guarimba Expressway, near Next Cash and Carry, Abuja, 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31588-404. You can also find us online on our website, www thefatherschurchonline.org Facebook facebook.com slash thefatherschurch our Twitter handle at tfatherschurch also on Instagram thefatherchurch God bless you